podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And welcome to another post-conference presser, and this time with Bournemouth on the horizon and early kickoff on the Saturday. So I'm Dave Davis, as normal, I'm in an absolutely, probably like most parts of the UK, freezing, Baltic, tipping down with snow, Edinburgh. And I'm delighted to be joined by an under-pressure regular in Phil. Phil, how are we this afternoon? Oh, not bad, mate. It's uh, the snow has cleared down there. It's still Baltically cold, but it's uh, at least dry. You know, it's that dry coldness if that makes any sense. So, uh, yeah, I think to be fair, that's probably about as good as you're going to get anywhere in the UK. It so, I take that for now, definitely. So, <laughs> for sure, for sure. What a post-conference presser we've got today, folks. So, we've got an actual press conference. Which we've got to talk about. Even talk about Jurgen Klopp's mood will be a little topic as well. We've got to look back to last Sunday and the United game just because, why wouldn't you, in simple terms? We've got Bournemouth, so we'll talk about their threats, how we think we'll approach that as normal. The usual discussion about the formation and the lineup, And then Phil will have a go at beat the host for the score and the first scorer for Saturday's early kickoff. Which, even just saying that, brings an air of trepidation, doesn't it? Saturday early kickoff. But we will see. Phil... Do you know what? Even before we get into the actual detail of the conference itself, you know, the answers, etc. I look back at it even now. I know we just talked before and I'm thinking about it. I, I don't always like saying this, but you better to just be honest. Did Jurgen Klopp almost seem a bit grumpy? I don't know if that's the right phrase. Did he interested? I mean, what, what would you even call his sort of his attitude or his appearance in today's presser? I don't know, yeah, I was just saying to you, it just was a bit... Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke-designed T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. It was just unlike him, really. It It was also really short. This this presser was one of the shortest I've seen for a while. Yeah. Um, 
Although they moved the, the time around as they usually do, it was a 12 rather than one, but um, it was really short. It didn't seem, he was like, yeah, yeah, all right. You know, a couple of questions will come to, he gave a, kind <laughs> yeah. of a bit of a funny answer and then, and then you're done. And then you're into the bit where they forgot to take the camera off and it was in the embargo section. So yeah, it, it just, I don't know. It, it was odd. I have to say it was, it was an odd presser. Um, and as we'll come on to it, he didn't really say a lot either. Yeah, he he didn't give us a too much material as it were to work with this nah. piece. He normally does, and some which is strange. Because in essence, sometimes let's be honest, we wish he'd say a little bit less. He maybe paints himself into a corner, shall we say? But, but yeah, really, really interesting approach. Let's file it under that, especially after last weekend's results. And I mean, let's get into it because this is a almost a short one. I, th- I actually thought this was a good question to ask about. John Henry's comments for FSG and as it broke last night, Mike Gordon's return back to, to Liverpool in a working capacity. Yeah. So I think it was Vinny O'Connor from Sky asked about both elements and, you know, it, it, kind of the same answer with the FSG, but the Mike Gordon thing was interesting that if you want an answer, speak to Mike Gordon on what he thinks type of thing. I mean, this, it kind of blew up last night, didn't it, Phil? On the, yeah. you know, on social media, just came from nowhere. It's, I mean, we can speculate a little bit to the cows come home, but we've we've got to do that a little bit. Yeah. When you look at this, what do you think's happened? Being honest, I I think there's multiple things at play, isn't it? There always is do with the club at that level, but I I think they wanted to sell. I think they haven't been able to get what they wanted, so they've gone all right. We'll go minor, and then um, Gordon's come back into the frame, having. I mean, we've all seen the rumours. The, the guy who currently runs yeah. the show it hasn't been too great. Um, and therefore, Gordon's coming to kind of try and get things back into play. You've also seen the other appointments come, like Sir Spearman stayed when he was yeah. due to go and taking a higher role. So I think... I, see, Klopp was always on board with, with working with people when he first came to the club. It's just over the last yeah. 18 months that he's sort of... Uh, I wouldn't say power-hungry, but he's got a bit more power in it. So maybe there's a bit of that. He's like, oh... Okay, we're going back to this. There's also now in Lynch's article today about uh, director of football. Yeah. Uh, which we always said we want to search for, but it's one of them classic, yeah, we're searching for one. Whereas now it's like, no, there is this, uh, Klopp's got to be part of the uh, decision making. That kind of thing. So, yeah, maybe there's something into that. But I did, yeah, like you said, when it got to the particular amount of my Gordon, he was like, well, I've got his number. If you want to ring him, you ring him up. Don't ask me the question. So, he seemed a bit put out by maybe no, maybe it came out of the blue and he wasn't told. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it was a bit of an odd, an odd response from him because he wouldn't normally have gone, there's my phone, go and ring him. Do you know what I mean? It was just, it's not his normal response. Yeah. He's yeah, normally straight, just, straight batted. It sounds, yeah, exactly. And you also think from, from what we've been told, what's been reported previously, I mean, we've had the, the, Best result of the season by a mile last weekend. So yeah. you thought that would bring a bit of cheer. Um, and more importantly, with the Mike Gordon side, all the reports have talked as about them having such a great working relationship, haven't they? You know, being yeah. close, kindred spirit, see things the same way, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So if somebody, you know, someone had told you at the start of the week, listen, Liverpool are going to be United seven nil, and Mike Gordon's going to return, you'd just be thinking Jurgen Klopp's going to be buzzing in today's press conference, then, isn't he? But Exactly. It's just been anything but. It's anything but. I mean, maybe the only thing you could, and this is a slight jump, but maybe he thinks that means we haven't got as much money in the summer as he thought he did. 
maybe. Yeah, that, that's the almost the, the negative connotation, yeah, is that yeah. because there was even talk Jerry Cardinal was quoted, wasn't he, in that sort of expo around that, yeah, Gordon's Mike Gordon's retiring, so that's yeah. where the shares are almost intimated being come from that investment. So yes, yeah. I suppose until someone comes out from FSG or they leak it via the Boston Globe, the Echo or anything, that speculation will just carry on. So definitely an interesting one to keep an eye on. For sure. The questions he was asked, and this is, like you say, there wasn't too much. It's naturally about the the top four chase. We instilled fear into others. Almost felt, again, like journos were trying to team up to be really sort of, you know, battle Thursday, yeah, we're doing this. But just the sort of standard, we have to squeeze everything out of this season. You know, we can only focus on Bournemouth. And almost, again, like we said, that grumpiness, that stern face. The only thing I could come up with, and it, you, you might not think the same, and this is a reach probably as well. Do you think there's any element of, listen, guys, United's gone, Bournemouth's everything now, focus. Do you think it could be any of that? It's just worried that focus yeah, could have slipped after the weekend? I do, because he, he, he quickly batted away the celebrations about 7-0, didn't he? Because he said, that, yeah, we dealt with that. We were done. Yeah. We've moved on this week. Bournemouth's the focus. So I think there's a lot of refocusing he knows that they're in a fight. They're in a yeah. four-way battle for, I would say, one place. Yeah. So he knows that he needs to get them on it. And as much as he... I think he's also very aware he's been clipped recently uh, by the press and he doesn't want any of that coming out to sort of um, put the boys off. So I think it's literally... He's trying to be like, no, Bournemouth next, we're focusing. The only element I thought it was slightly risky for, he, ch- he said Arsenal was slightly lucky. Yeah. Uh, and then and then he re-went back on it and said, that, but they've deserved their last-minute winner. He, he sort of re-rounded himself because I was like, hang on a minute, someone's going to clip that and say that you thought Arsenal were lucky to win uh, when there's evidence to suggest they were, they were anywhere, <laughs> anywhere but lucky. So, yeah, I think I think there's a bit of an element of he's, he's focusing the mind Everyone is now on board. We're in this chase. Hello. I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable, they're every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, fundamentally, we said on EP this week that the boys know how to do this chase. They just need to be focused. Yeah. Well, we are the uh, the experienced horse in the race for this yeah. type of scenario, aren't we? Absolutely. Yeah. I think it is a good point you made because it almost in like a, a parody, so to speak, of himself. He'll say it in press conferences like, oh, now you'll take that, you'll clip it, you make it yeah. a headline. So he, he knows what's coming. So, yeah, that would make sense. Just thinking straight bad it, focus, top yeah. four race. The rest is just background noise. So, yeah, interesting one as well. See if he keeps that theme up for the, the rest of the season. And one which I'm sure you'll have 
no harm and take utter delight talking about the weekend, which I've got to sort of ask yourself just the comments that he made in the press conference. He used specific terminology when he was asked about what he's liked recently, the counter pressing, the pressing high up the pitch and use that phrase using set pieces again as well. For those who, I suppose, haven't been listening or missed a few under press or anything like that, is that a fair reflection, would you say, on what you guys are seeing in the last few weeks, last few games, so to speak? Massively. It's something we covered, um, I think, yeah, we did doubleheader last week. So Wolves and United has been a, a huge change in the way that we've set up off the ball. So uh, for those who aren't familiar with UP, we, we collect our own pressing data. Uh, and from that, we can map out on a pitch where our players are pressing on average yeah. and, and as their whole game. And the difference between the last two games and the rest of the season is quite stark. Wow. Uh, we're a lot more in sync. Uh, we call it zones of press. The zones of press uh, from the front three are now in sync and are forming a, a shield, if you like. It's to, to protect the midfield. So there's a first line yeah. and a second line. Whereas the rest of the season, there hasn't been that which is why people have just run through our midfield because there's no front, there's no first line. The first line is the midfield. So the, do you get through that mm. straight to the defence? Whereas now we've got this two lines before you get to our back four. Um, and the counter-pressing, which is generally when you uh, lose it and, and counter back within five seconds, that's been increased as well in the last couple of games. So, yes, I, uh, our big wins from pressing have increased, I think, over the last couple of games, as well as our synchronisation you know, working together as a front nice. six has definitely improved over the last six games. It's one of the reasons we battered United. Brill, brill. Yeah. And I think I always think back earlier in the season when you say about waltzing through the midfield, it always just brings me back. Do you remember that Dewsbury Hall goal? Yeah. For Leicester, Leicester at home. Literally yeah. just walked through the middle of the pitch, like yeah. literally just walked through. So yeah. if you think, think of that compared to, to what we no. saw against United, night yeah. and day, literally as well. Yeah. Brilliant. It's, which I always like to just double check as well with the experts because you can get some good sound bites in a presser, can't you, so to speak? But if that's the truth, please in across the board, good stuff. And yeah. probably the only other little bit we could pull out was maybe the, a bit of interest for the, the people side, the Bobby decision. So he was asked about it. You know, I think James Pierce asked him a good question, to be fair. You know, were you surprised, expected? And he was honest to say, you know, he was a little eyebrow raised, a little bit surprised by the decision, you know, but we're given the, you know, fun send off, end of the season, et cetera, et cetera. I suppose now we're looking at it because we hadn't really had that sort of definitive, how did Klopp find out, what the discussion was like, et cetera. Now we've got all the info when you're looking at it, Phil. Mm -hmm. Are you on the, is it the best for all parties? Is this the right thing now? Makes sense. 100%. Uh, Bobby's performances have been declining. Uh, over the past few seasons as soon as his availability. Uh, so for, for us to add another multi-million pound contract for a player over his thirties with declining performance for me was mm -hmm. absolute madness to even think about it. Uh, we've already got, uh, one of those hanging around that is going to be around for another three seasons, you know. So, yeah. you know, captain, I'm not just picking on him. I'm just saying that's an example of where we've given out a massive contract to a declining performing player. So I think we need to stop doing that. If you look at the budget stuff that came out this this week or past two weeks, yeah. no tractor covered. Our wages to turnover ratio is is quite something. Yeah. Um, and that's I know we're losing players this summer, which will help to reduce that. But you just need you don't you shouldn't be doubling down on that. You should be saying right, hang on a minute, there is a time now. Bobby's we've we've done the recruitment in that area fairly all right. You know, Jota was seen yeah. as that 
that move to come in. All right, Jota's availability's declined, but he was fundamentally profiled in to come in and start playing that role. So I've got to cover. So I think it's just time. What I like about it, and I think if you were there at the weekend or not, but was the ovation that Bobby Gay was given yeah. was, was brilliant. And I think it's it's a real nice period of time for us to give him to say goodbye. He's been a he's probably been a pivotal reason for our success. And unlike Mane, where he literally he told the gaffer before Christmas and then he left at the end of the season, didn't tell yeah. anybody else. He's Bobby's done it in a way of we get now what ten games. Five of those probably at home to say thanks a lot, Bob. You've been amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, yeah, I was on I was on the court for that game. It was absolutely just insane. There was limbs, so to speak, everywhere. But yeah. that that seventh goal, it just felt different. When he came on, the works he was late, he came on naturally yeah. as well. You were like, please let Bobby get one. That was one, and that was just the sort of ovation. But yeah, I think you see the financial figures in case anyone's missed them. Is thinking how, in essence, it comes down to look how well we did, look how much the revenues increased. And at the end of the day, it resounded in a 7.5 million profit approximately. So, yeah. you know, the wages are the key standout there. So I think that's right. Yeah, right decision for all parties. And fingers crossed, it's a great send off all the way through to the end. And listen, we've got to talk about it. Why wouldn't we? Last weekend as well, the absolute annihilation of Manchester United. 7-0, thumping humiliation, whatever you want to put next to it. I mean, what a day. Doubles for the, the starting front three. Bobby comes on. It's, it's still crazy when I look back on that, Phil. It was 1-0 at half-time. Still struggle to get my head around that, so to speak. <laughs> like, 6-0 in the second half. I mean... I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs Mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. There were so many positives to to take from that. And I know you mentioned there about especially the, the pressing, the way it's coordinated, the first line. I mean, we all saw that. It was so you know, great to see almost like I don't yeah. want to use this phrase, it's dangerous, but almost like an old Liverpool, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you when you look at that now, was there any other sort of key personal takeaways or anything the, the UP boys identified that they thought it's worth mentioning at the same time as well? I thought it, there's always a thing we have about you get Mo a certain level of touch in the box and a certain number of touches overall, and you get Trent a certain number of touches. We almost yeah. we've lost one game in the last five years when that happened. Wow. And we hit all those numbers on Sunday. I think it's like 53 and 10 in the box or something for most. Something like that, anyway. I can't yeah. really finish so bit. And we did that. So 
for us to better utilise our most effective attacking players has to be the way forward. And we yeah. did that on Sunday, but we also did it in a way that our front three still operated as a front three. So I thought that was it was really nice. I also liked I had trepidation like many others have seen Hendo play on the left eight is is normally yeah. a connector role. He's normally not very good at playing that role because it's not normally his skill set. But I thought he did well there. It's probably the best I've seen Hendo play for, for three years. So I thought there was lots of positives out of that. I just thought it was the thing I said, I think it was Tuesday or Monday when we did UP, was it's baby steps. It's it's a repeat performance. It was yeah. Wolves, but on steroids because we scored seven goals. But yeah. it was, if you look at all the patterns off the ball and the rest of it, they were the same. So we've managed to replicate a performance back to back, which we haven't done all season. And that, that was the thing. And we changed personnel as well. So Jota dropped out from the midweek game. Yeah. Cody came in. And yet, if you look at it, it, it all, all your data, it's the same. So it was really wow. good. Yes, we got lucky. We, I think 3-0 probably would have been better in terms of the data. But, I mean, I'm not going to lock 7 are you? Jesus, 7-0 at home to United. Yeah. I just couldn't... Like you, I was probably annoyed at our time because I thought we deserved to be to be well out. I thought we should have been two up at half, you know, probably ahead by more than one goal. But, you know, say to me, 7, a great performance. I just hope it's that that kicking board now. Let's do it for another five. Another five on a bounce and let's go for it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... I even thought when I after I got home, I watched the comments, and I'm sure everyone's seen it. You know, the Carragher, Sunes, Key, Neville in the studio, and what they were saying that United, you know, were by far the better team. I thought, yeah, the the bias was just shining through. And by the way, that's the strap line now for that game. What was the United game? Oh, it was like Wolves on steroids, lads. That's the description we'll be using going forward. So <laughs> yeah, what a game! Absolutely. I mean. It's probably a difficult one to, to ask about, but we, we always talk about has anyone played their way in or out? I'm sure there's going to be some screaming at this, like how, how can anyone have played the way out after a game like that, so to speak? But we've got to talk about certain areas of the pitch. I mean, as you said, I think everyone, well, not everyone, maybe that's wrong, but the majority of people were almost astonished when, you know, Wee Badge wasn't named in the starting lineup and that midfield with Hendo on the left, Harvey on the right, yeah. that, it raised eyebrows, let's put it that way. If they, especially with, I'm not trying to get, not lead to anything, but Hendo on the left, Harvey on the right, Fab at the six. Is, do you think there's a real case to go with that again? Or is that just the situation? Or would you go with that again, I suppose, for Bournemouth? So my thing is, what do you want to do? Do you, because we've got a game midweek, right? Yeah. So, some of those players can't do it back to back. Yeah. If you want to go to the Bernabeu and give it a good go, then you can't play the players you want to play on uh, on the weekend, right? So true. If you if, and I, I in my head, I think he's got he's got fairly far, not far off that United lineup playing in the Bernabeu, right? Yeah. So therefore, he's got. I would suggest he he might go for more of a Wolves lineup. Yeah. Against Bournemouth. So I don't think the back four is changing now. I think we're in a rhythm now. I genuinely think, unless you might uh, swap out Robbo occasionally, that might happen at the weekend, to be fair. But, you know, Robbo is the one that sometimes switches with uh, Costas mm. and then Trent will come off on the 75, 80 mile to give him the rest that way. Yeah. So that's what happened. But I think fundamentally now we're, that's our starting back five rest of the season. We're just, we're just there. That's what he's happy with that. I think. Midfield, Fab actually looks like old Fab, so I would 
yeah. would suggest he's probably okay staying in there, then it's just the, the, the two eights for me. So if you're happy to write off the Bernabeu, yeah, then I would probably, you would go with the United 11, right? Mm. But yeah. if, if you kind of want to, don't want to get embarrassed in the Bernabeu, then you, and that, and that, and I can't answer, I'm not the, I'm not, I don't know, I don't think we can pull back a three goal in the Bernabeu, but it, it, it's a difficult one. I think, bearing in mind, he also said in the press, and no one's back from injury. So you, you've got the same yeah. squad. So you, you're effectively saying, are you going to play, uh, badge for Hendo? Um, or, and then Jota for Cody or Jota for uh, yeah. Darwin. Th- they're your three options, really, because I think Harvey probably, yeah. So that, that's, that's, that's the choices. Yeah. I, I'm thinking about it. I don't know, really. <laughs> no, it's, it's true. It's all that. The, the one thing we can't, we'll never know. We'll never ask the boss right now. What are his thoughts on Madrid? Which you can always, there's the old platitudes, you know, you're one game at a time and all that. But like you said, it's going to be a, a natural thought. And even I was thinking when I was talking about the midfield, like, especially with the, the question of legs, etc. Fab started against Wolves, didn't he, as well? He started yeah. against United. So I just wondered, yeah, if do they go three in a you know, three in a row for him, so to speak. And exactly yeah. like you said, it was Hendo that was rested ahead of United. You know, Jota came in. So the, those are probably the the questions that yeah will will be on his mind, yeah. shall we say. The other one, and this sounds really harsh, but I don't think it's that out of line. Apart from scoring two goals, and I know that's a stupid caveat to say, Darwin had a shot, didn't have a great game against United. I, I thought he was terrible till half. That's time. what I'm saying. He, he, he was awful, really, apart from scoring two goals. His pass rate was in the 30-40s. His off-ball work was all right, but, you know, it, it just... What, apart, but the thing is, he scored two goals, so you can't really knock him too much. Yeah, that's the only one I you could potentially say. Do you swap him out if you want him to be on fire against Madrid? Do you put in Jota on the left and you keep Cody in because Cody dropped out for Wolves, didn't he? So you, yeah, you, so maybe that's where you have your rotation. You keep Cody in this time round and you put Jota in a lot on the left. I don't know. I'm just saying in terms of the, you know who's who's done enough to keep in. I think all of them have played it all right, but the only one mm. who had a weaker performance was Darwin against United. Yeah, it's like you said, it's. To even criticise a player that, to be fair, got player of the month for Feb. It was yeah. announced today, wasn't it? And like, we were in the cop, and like I said, at half time, everyone was but like, Nunes has been terrible. Nunes has yeah. been awful. I think some fellow was even saying, he always looks disinterested, you know, at times. But obviously, like you say, fast forward to the second half and look what happens. So it's just, it is just coming, going to come down to that, as you said, what's the burnabout situation? Yeah. How does Klopp view it? And I suppose that was going to be my next thing about Bournemouth. You know, how do you think we'll approach this? I said, what does your club tell you? Would you almost settle for win at Bournemouth? Don't really care too much about the Bernabeu. Do you think that's a trade-off he'd make right now if you offered it a guaranteed three points and anything at the Bernabeu? I, I, I think he probably would, but he'd never say it. Because club yeah. wants to win every single game. I mean, even at being down, he's annoyed that we haven't come. Do you know what I mean? He's yeah. just not in his psyche to say, I'm settling here. Because you can see that in some of his selections in stupid games. Like, yeah, he'll go and play a really strong 11 when, what are you doing that for? You know, you've got a big game. He's don't want to lose it. So, but I, I think he would snap your arm off of three points at the weekend because he did say Bournemouth have been pretty dangerous. Like, you know, they got beat last two games, but they've been been uh, in amongst, the, you know, d- difficult opposition, I think, that words he used. So I think he would take three points. 
um, with the hope of getting it done early doors and resting players from half an hour onwards. Yeah, yeah. It's... Sorry, from an hour onwards, you know, last half an hour. So, I think I think you're right. I mean, the the odds usually tell their own story, and something tells me it will be something like three to one on, you know, to to win on Saturday is the way the bookies put the pressure on the the big four, as we say, or the big clubs. But winning in the burnabout, I mean. 300 to 1, something like that. So, yeah, yeah he'll, he'll never say it, but, yeah, it's something he'll have in his his mind. And I, I did want to just brush over this because we should always talk about it with the team because I was discussing this with a mate and he was like, but Bournemouth the bottom, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. And sometimes, as we know, playing the teams that are scrapping for their lives is the worst thing to do at this time of the year. It's the, uh, the mid-tablers who already got the flip-flops on, as they say, that you sometimes want to approach. And listen... Yeah. Bournemouth gave Arsenal a game. Let's not pretend that. You know, Arsenal needed a 97th minute winner, it was, didn't it, to, to get yeah. it over the line. I mean, there's arguing to say Arsenal should have had a couple of penalties before that. But yeah. yes, I, I completely, in the in the cold light of day, yeah, they gave them a game. They were sort of tuning up in the first 15, whatever it was, or 20 yeah. minutes. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I mean, uh, Bournemouth, just looking at what it was, they have, against the big boys, they've played a 5-4-1. Um, yeah. If you know anything about Liverpool, we we love a back three, so that that already excites me seeing that. Um, yeah. They they have a slight issue. They, in terms of scoring, they're bang on their xG. They're expected of what they they're expected to score. They're actually bang on. So they've scored three in the last five, and uh, sorry, playing that formation. Sorry, uh, from three xG. In terms of conceded, conceded nine from six xG. So that's they're probably uh, underperforming defensively, but again, that can help us. Yeah. Um, how it how, the one area I did notice that might be a slight intrigue to all of us is they've lost the most uh, duels. So that's uh, a complete uh, a battle between players, if you like to put it in real simple terms, in their left back area, i.e. Moza. Wow, wow. So that's something to but as a potential weakness and aerially, we generally for all our set pieces aim from mid zone, which is the the area between the penalty box and the edge of the six yard box. Mm. Right, so there's a box set and they have lost most of their aerial jewels in that area. Wow. So there's a couple of little things just looking from there from a statistical point of view of them that we could exploit, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. So thinking about yeah, what you mentioned earlier about how it works with Trent and Mo getting the ball and how that yeah. generally leads to success. Sounding like get the ball to Mo Salah in the right area sounds a pretty decent game plan in this exactly. sport for exactly. this and Fingers crossed. I mean, it's strange. Aside from sort of the, the the data side, the only thing I always think about threats, I hate half twelve Saturday kickoffs. Same I just never Absolutely. think yeah. never think it never think it goes well. It's always that. I know I know it's the mindset of get the points on the board, it's great, but we know how Liverpool sort of go or maybe don't always wake up, if that's the right phrase in these. So Fingers crossed it's a professional job and we'll, we'll take it anyway. We can get it three points on Saturday. I mean, go on, Phil. I'm going to push you on the line here because it's difficult to say, but neck on the line here, so to speak. Yeah. The formation and lineup. I know you said, and I'd agree, that the back five picks itself, potentially with Costas. We know we talked about rhythm, yeah. whether we do those wall switches, as we called it. What do you think the midfield and front three looks like Saturday. Right. So I think I think you'll play Badge, Fab, Harvey. 
uh, with Hendo starting wow, Harvey again. midweek. Yeah, and I think Hendo will start instead of uh, Harvey in midweek. Yeah, and they'll keep and they'll keep Fab and Badger. That's what I think. Because it's nice. international break, isn't it? After is that right? I've got that right. Yeah. The timing. Yeah. Yeah. So you can, Ray Allen international, isn't it? Yeah. So basically, although it would be a bit of a risk because Fab would have played four on a bounce, then he has they, mm. they've got a break because they're not playing any more football for a couple, and Fab won't play for for Brazil. So. so that's what I think of doing midfield up front. I have a funny feeling. I've got. I just got a weak suspicion. Uh, Jota comes in. Um, but yeah. I, I can't, I can't make my mind out whether it'll be left or right or a centre, but I, I've got a wee suspicion that, uh, Jota comes in. Uh, I'll, I'll go for Darwin. There you go. I think it might be Jota on the left. Yeah. It's, it is a weird one. Similar to you. I, I get the feeling almost that, like you described it, the, the walls as a, a basis. I think Costas comes in, as yeah. you said, just to, for a bit of rotation, but, it wouldn't would it surprise you if Robbo started? Absolutely no. not. It would make sense still, you know, you argue it either way. And then like you said, I just I flirted with Bobby, but then I'm like, hold on, that's just romance after the, the goal yeah. against United type of thing. Yeah. I do I do get the feeling Jota comes back, you know, because as he mentioned, Diaz isn't in full training even until next week. So I want to get some of his forwards up to speed. So I do just get the feeling Jota starts again like Wolves. And as you said, Maybe then a toss up between Cody and Nunes, isn't it? So to speak, yeah. I've just got a feeling it might be Gapo the way he sees it. But you know, w- wouldn't stick my house on any of those, so to speak. It'll mm. be largely similar. But but I do think, especially on a, a tight pitch, what we're looking to create, and as you said, it kind of led me to it a little bit from where that that weak zone, if that's the right phrase, is on the right hand side. I just wonder if he'll, Harvey gets the nod as well, just to keep yeah. an attacking threat down the right, realistically, but. Who knows? We shall see. It's it's one of those. It sounds terrible before we move on to beat the scorer. It's just win, just get no injuries, and everyone's yeah. happy. Mid-afternoon on Saturday, which does bring us to the, the final section. They'll beat the host, the scorer and first scorer, and somehow, by the grace of God, I am now ahead in this, which was unusual because I couldn't predict anything in the first few ones, but... It's been a positive sort of result recently, although I won't pretend I predicted 7-0 by any means. So, Bournemouth, Phil, early kickoff, score, and first goal scorer. What are you going for? I'm going to go for my first scorer. Uh, I was tying up between a set piece and a, so a set piece I would have gone with VVD, but I'm, I'm going to go with my open play goal. Um... Oh, we might get a penalty. It's coming up to the anniversary of our last penalty. So there you go. But uh, that would be yeah. as well. And score. I'm, I'm going to be positive. I see no reason why we can't win this by four. Nice. Nice. Four nil and Mo Salah opening the scoring, which probably to, to very few people's surprise, Mo would have been mine. So if I can't have Mo, I'm just going to, because it, it feels like it's been an eternity. I think someone said it's been since the City game that Jota's last got, you know, on the score sheet. So Good shout, good shout, yeah. Fingers crossed, Jota starts and he opens the scoring. And maybe it is just United talking and we're getting them all a bit carried away. But 5-0, I'll go with that. I just feel like we're due a thumping of someone. I know everyone's going to say about United, but, you know, just one of those bottom team, you know, bottom teams. Fingers crossed, 5-0. So, yeah, let's be brave. 5-0 Nunes against Phil's 
4-0 Mo Salah. God, if it was a penalty, that would be brilliant as well, wouldn't it? Get back on that. <laughs> Get back on that train. So, listen, in not that long, ladies and gents, we will find out. Fingers crossed, it's three points. Fingers crossed, we are back in the top four. Fingers crossed, there are zero injuries to talk about at the same time. So, it's been my absolute pleasure. This was post-conference presser, and we'll see you soon. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.